After the first initial wave of NFL free agency, are the Denver Broncos draft needs clear with two third-round picks in a 2023 NFL draft? We discuss that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome in to a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are the Denver Broncos done with any big moves after the initial big splashes last week in free agency that help define maybe what their NFL draft needs will be? Thank you so much for tuning in and making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day you can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast in audio format or whether you watch on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe or follow Follow for free on YouTube or your favorite podcast provider so you never miss out on an episode when it is made available. This episode of Lockdown is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo LOCKEDON, in all caps, in the game store. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, Sci expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, Free agency last week was a blast. We were blown away by some of the big moves that Denver made. And then we've seen some smaller moves trickle in here and there. But at this point, it seems like Denver is done making the big splashes at this point in time. So now we can have the conversation. What might Denver's draft needs be after this first initial wave of free agency, my man? I love it, Cody. I, you know how much I love the offseason, love talking about free agency, the NFL draft. And look, now that the Broncos have signed, I, I did they sign what, like, you know, 25 players or so? All, I mean, it's seriously, it feels like they revamped this whole roster, which is a ton of fun, gave us a lot to talk about, kept us on our toes, right? It kind of felt like, yeah, we would get done recording. Then all of a sudden, hey, the Broncos just made another move to to just, you know, have Cody and Sarah jump right back on the mic. But we love it. It's 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 part of the fun of this time of year. But now the attention and focus really does shift more so to the NFL draft, right? The Broncos probably done making major moves, barring the unexpected. And you never know. I mean, we could maybe we should expect the unexpected at this point. But I think you look to the NFL draft right now, you look to the positions of strength, at least depth in terms of, hey, we're not talking about a top 10 pick. We're not talking about a top 32 pick. We're not even talking top 64 right now like we were last year with Nick Bonito at that 64th pick. We're talking about 67 and 68 in the draft. So where is this draft strong? Where are the Broncos going to be able to get maybe some instant contributors at their picks, 67 and 68? To me, Cody, this top end of this draft class is not very good at this position, but I'm going to throw out wide receiver. I know I maybe sound like a broken record talking about the wide receiver position, but even if even if the Broncos don't end up making a trade of Derry Judy or Cortland Sutton, which I really hope they don't. I hope they stick with those guys, and I hope they you know continue throughout this season to see what they've got in the Sean Payton offense. Give us a chance to see if those guys with with you know whatever we hope to to be this season, competent coach, hopefully a better Russell Wilson. Let's see if we can get the best out of those guys, and if not, you can go ahead and blow it up in 2024. I still think. Change has been percolating for a while at that position now. Feels like something has been coming. And I think the Broncos need better players there anyway. Not just, I'm not just talking about the top four. 
talking about players that can step in. Let's say you have another training camp injury like the Broncos had last year with Tim Patrick, right? You have somebody that you can bring in and say, hey, we really believe in this player. He's a, a, a high third round draft pick. We actually think he could be something. Bring somebody like that in. I think wide receiver is a, a good combination of it's a deep position in this year's draft class, and it's an area where the Broncos may not be looking for a starter right now, but you could still get immediate contributions from somebody in this year's draft at that spot. It's all about having insurance policies, right? And you know, when you look at depth options, it's not just about guys who can maybe step in for where your number one receiver is or your number two or your number three. It's, you know, hey, ideally NFL rosters, I mean, skill players, they're, they're, a, they're a premium at this point. I mean, we're seeing guys go everywhere. We're seeing more guys being involved in the offense now. And look, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a year where Sean Payton legitimately had 13, 14 wide receivers from, you know, I'd say training camp to the end of the regular season, all circulate throughout the starting lineup because of injuries. So I think that for Sean Payton, he believes how important that is. We've seen that happen. You know, there is a guy that they did sign that we didn't get too much, but little Jordan Humphrey as well. There's been some talk about him maybe being a potential tight end option for Denver. Wide receiver is an interesting one considering some of the rumors. We know Mike Kliss has come out and has said that, you know, Denver at this point, they're not looking to move on from either of these guys. So we'll see what happens here. I'll, I'll throw out another position here. I think that Denver maybe should take a look at so far as we're recording this podcast. No other lower level signings and free agency have happened here for Denver. But the biggest question that we've had surrounding the offensive line is the center position. Is Denver committing to Lloyd Cushenberry this season? That to me, I think is something intriguing to follow throughout the next couple of weeks leading up to the NFL draft. But Denver very well could look at maybe getting a center in round three. Look, you have 67, 68, as you mentioned. George Payton believes that those are premium picks, right? You look at rounds one, you look at rounds two, those are luxury picks, right? But round three is a premium where you have the opportunity, especially in the top five of round three, to get some really good talent, really good players. And if not, you can trade back, trade up. You know, I'm eager to see what Denver's draft plan is. It's all predicated off of this. But then let me throw out another position here. I want to get your thoughts on this because it's something that Broncos country has brought up. What about edge rusher? Should Denver maybe in round three take a look at edge considering Randy Gregory's injury history? You know, for him, it was unfortunate he was not able to finish last season. Baron Browning is kind of, you know, he's still growing. He's still developing. He's one of those, in my opinion, a developmental talent who's obviously taken things to the next level, training with, uh, you know, the trainer that Von Miller did. Uh, I think it's Frank Matriciano, if I'm not mistaken, the hellish trainer. So he's taken steps to elevate his game. But behind him, right, you have Nick Benito. Should edge rusher still be maybe an option to consider here for Denver? Well, I think you got to consider it at least, right? You want to make sure that you're getting the best possible player here. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think it's still true, even though, I mean, maybe you are looking for a starting center there. Hey, you got two picks back to back. So you're probably looking at getting two different guys here, maybe at different levels of readiness in terms of uh, contributing. So maybe an edge rusher is something that's going to be on the table here because look, it's a premium position. It's an area where the Broncos do have question marks. I would say Randy Gregory is a big question mark going into the season. Nick Benito, are you going to count on him to be a starter this year? I don't know. I don't know where they're at with him. I don't know how much improvement he's going to show. If you have Baron Browning, obviously taking that next step right now, everything just feels like it's in limbo. Although my personal belief is Hey, really, you want to develop the guys that you have at those positions and, and, you know, get a return on that investment. I also don't think when you're talking about a third round pick, 
I don't think you should pass on a really good edge player. Say you have a mid to high second round grade on a guy that falls to round three. Absolutely. You turn in the card and you take him because that's a player that you obviously feel can be a starting potential player. You don't just pass on that because, well, we need a we need a center or we need a long snapper now because Jacob Bobenmoyer signed with the Raiders, right? It's not the – you don't do that. You don't draft for those positions that fill out a roster. This isn't fantasy football where somebody's taking a kicker in round 10 because they, they feel like, you know, I got to fill out my starting lineup before I draft good players. No, you want to draft the best players possible and fill out those positions as you go along, right? You, ideally, you would hope that it fills a position of immediate need. But look, some of the best draft picks you can make are the most talented players that you pick, and they end up being starters in year two, year three. You don't necessarily need them to come in and win rookie of the year to be a great draft pick. So I think edge is very firmly on the table. I think that's a great point, considering we've seen the value in the last two to three seasons from Denver specifically. Specifically with round three players like Quinn Miners, Baron Brown, and Greg Dulcich being another one. We'll see what happens here on that front this upcoming season. But coming up on today's episode, Locked on Broncos, we're going to hear from Broncos country as well as they share their thoughts on what their perceived needs are for the team in the NFL draft. We'll go over a couple of responses, answer a couple of questions as it pertains to the Broncos defensive line depth. You get that on today's episode of the show. This episode is brought to you by our friends over there at Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app here on Locked on Broncos various times. And if you've ever thought that you'd make a good NFL GM, put your skills to the test with the Ultimate Football GM app. It's not as easy as you might think. The best part about it is you don't need Wi-Fi to play. You can play it on the go anywhere at any time. And with NFL free agency happening right now in terms of the lower waves, the second wave, third wave, you can now prepare for the draft side of things where you can assemble your personnel, your coaches, and you can make changes and you can make choices based on what your team needs going into your season. It's full control at the at all at the palm of your hands and your fingertips on the go as I mentioned. All of this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free. It's playable offline. As I mentioned, you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Broncos listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Broncos country shares their thoughts on the perceived draft needs that the Broncos may have after the first big splash period of NFL free agency. Once again, we just want to say thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder to get the latest episode of the show on YouTube or your favorite podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe or that follow button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news content coverage and more. Sarah, let's open it up here to Broncos country. Put a tweet out on social media over the weekend. And just asking them what their perceived needs were for this team as they now approach the NFL draft. I still expect there to be a couple of free agency signings. Nothing really big, though, right, in terms of big splash. Those things already happened on day one of the free agency period. If you missed any of those episodes, we recap them here. Locked on Broncos. Make sure you go check it out here today. We got a question from Jeff Stanbury, avid listener of the show, and I told him how to answer this here on the podcast. He asked me a question about, do you agree that Allen is a better fit than Draymond? But then we got on the topic of, 
maybe not necessarily like fit being described as it because they had similar production. But Jeff asked the question, do you think that Allen can be more productive? And I've answered to that question. I think I do. Right. And I don't think that's a slight saying, OK, well, he's going to be more productive than Draymond would have. I think both players have a very similar skill set. They're very strong. They're physical inside the trenches, but also they play with a high motor. So while everybody has familiarity with Draymond Jones, Broncos country doesn't know too much about Zach Allen yet. Based on going back and watching his film, I do think he can be as productive, maybe if not more productive than Draymond. And I think it really stands out with his quarterback pressures. As I mentioned, in 13 games, he had 25 quarterback pressures, a relentless motor that stands out on film. I wanted to get your thoughts on there because he fulfills a defensive end need, which opens things up to where Broncos country said, hey, we need a defensive end opposite him because Deshaun Williams departed in free agency. I know who had Deshaun Williams signing. All due respect to Deshaun, who had a great couple of seasons. He's like, who had him signing before Dalton Reisner, right? In free agency, Reisner, as the time we're recording this, still a free agent. So kind of interesting there from the Broncos perspective. But I like the question. I think that definitely, you know, you teeter this line between, well, are we are we saying he's going to be better than Draymond Jones and playing this comparison game? Fair or not, these two guys are going to get compared. The first thing that I thought of, Cody, as you were talking about it is, what's what does Zach Allen and Draymond Jones have in common in their first four NFL seasons? In my opinion, it would be the fact that they just got better and better. Every year that they've been in the league, they've been just climbing up, climbing up, climbing up. And I think that the last two seasons that Zach Allen had with J.J. Watt in Arizona, you saw a huge spike in his productivity. You, you saw a huge spike in just the, the like you mentioned, the pressures. 19 quarterback hits this past year was the best among any defensive lineman in all free agency. So I think that this move is getting a bit underrated because so many Broncos fans were married to the idea of bringing Draymond Jones back into the fold. And I think we've kind of seen, you know, with, with as respectful as he can possibly be, I think Draymond Jones made it pretty clear that he did not want to be back in Denver, which is fine. I mean, he, he wanted to change his scenery and that's great. I, I can't wait to see him play for Seattle. Thankfully, we don't have to really play against them hardly ever. So, but from, from Zach Allen's perspective to me, Cody, I do think he's going to be very confident in this defense, very productive i think that he's got a chance to be one of the steals of free agency because his name has flown so under the radar obviously he's getting paid a lot of money but his name is is flying under the radar because i think a lot of people felt like draymond jones was a much better investment for lack of a better term there so i think zach allen could surprise a lot of people with his productivity uh, some other ones that came out as well in terms of maybe where Denver's at. You and I talked about interior offensive linemen, center position specifically. I mean, we already know the offensive line for now, minus the question mark that his center is pretty much solidified. With Garrett Bowles, you have Ben Powers, Lloyd Cushenberry right now penciled in as the center, Quinn Miners at right guard, McGlinchey at right tackle. We've also talked about depth, right? So ideally, are you are you open for the idea that maybe Denver could add a tackle with one of their third round picks at 67 or 68? Or do you maybe look at another premium-like position in terms of running back? We've seen Denver in the past go to round two. That's how they got Javante Williams. They jumped in front of the Miami Dolphins to get Javante Williams. Obviously, with Samaj P. Ryan, you signed him in free agency. Is this another opportunity for Denver to maybe look at a dynamic back in round three? 
Yes, yes, to all of the above, like running back, tackle, cornerback, wide receiver, edge. I don't. It doesn't matter to me where the Broncos go with that pick because I feel like on paper now you have a roster that you don't necessarily need to say, oh, we need this guy at this spot here. We need him to come in and start. Like putting that pressure on a third-round pick, I don't think you should do that, right? And I, I'll just continue to be that broken record. So I love the idea, specifically talking about running backs. Man, uh, I mean, I just – I love the – idea of giving Javante Williams all the time that he needs to be able to get back to 100%. He plays such a physical brand of football, doesn't he? I mean, he's all about getting yards after contact. And a lot of times he's the one initiating the contact. So we want to make sure that he comes back and he is ready, fully ready to go. Samaje P. Ryan coming in. I like that acquisition more and more, Cody. The more I the more I hear about Samaje, the more I watch of him. I mean, he kind of just felt like a, a very much a role player with Cincinnati the last couple of years. But I think if you pair him up with a rookie back from this class, doesn't matter what mock draft simulator you use, doesn't matter what big board you look at, I think you're going to find a very good, very talented running back there in the third round if you want to go that direction. If you want to wait till round four or five, I think you have a chance. Remember, Tyler Algier last year for from BYU went to the Atlanta Falcons and I believe the sixth round or something like that ran for a thousand yards in Atlanta's offense. So it's a similar deep running back crop this year. Would not be surprised or mad about a running back in round three. It, it, the NFL draft in large is a crapshoot, right? You know, we could do as many mock drafts as we want. I always think they're a fun exercise, Sarah, to do. And I understand why fans get frustrated at them as well, because like we have no idea how things are going to go, how the board is going to fall above, so on and so forth. It is a fun exercise, but I also want to encourage, I think this is an important time. Like there's a lot of different voices in Broncos country, right? And I think it's always important you recognize maybe who who's trying to stir things up and who's trying to bring logical level headed conversation to a lot of these things because the people who say the most crazy things here in Broncos country tend to draw the most reaction, the most outrage. But then you also see people who agree with that sentiment, parrot those same talking points, and then it spreads like wildfire. So during the offseason, during this time, roster building, the NFL draft, free agency, I would just say, be careful who you give your energy to, Broncos country. That's one wise word I would throw out there. We like to keep things level-headed, logical discussion here on the show. No emotional overreactions, no hot takes, no clickbait BS. We just want to throw that out there because, unfortunately, there are a lot of voices with you know megaphones out there that say the wrong things, and it tends to spread a negative reaction in Broncos country. But Broncos country, over the weekend, we had some good news that the Broncos secured two key special teams players returning in 2023. We're going to talk about P.J. Lockett, he's saying Bassey, and why these are two under-the-radar but big impact moves by Denver on an important side of the football. You'll get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel, and the tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
The Broncos special team side of the ball and defense will receive a little bit of a boost in 2023 with the return of two key players on both sides of the ball, respectively. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, you mentioned it earlier in the show. Anytime we do a podcast, something happens afterwards, right? So on Thursday when we recorded the show, we published it. It got posted. And then all of a sudden later on that day, P.J. Locke re-signed with the Broncos. That was great news on Friday there. And then over the weekend, despite having interest from other teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, Isang Bassey decided to return to the Denver Broncos as well. And to, in my opinion, and I want to know how you feel about this. I want to know how Broncos country feels about this. I feel like these are two under-the-radar moves, Sarah, that have such a big impact, right? So let's talk about special teams. When you look at Denver's special teams unit last year, as a whole, they struggled. But Bassey and P.J. Locke, they were two standouts at major positions, not to mention they are core four players on special teams. What were your thoughts over the weekend when both of these guys resigned and will be returning to Denver this upcoming season? I think you put a lot of stock into these couple moves, right? Because what did the Broncos, where did they make maybe the the biggest upgrade in terms of the coaching staff this year outside of Sean Payton? I would say that it was on special teams, right? After Jerry Rosberg took over as the interim head coach last year, we remember he fired Dwayne Stukes, who was the special teams coordinator at the time. And then Sean Payton comes in. He hires Ben Kotwika as the new special teams coordinator. Obviously been doing that a long time in the NFL, but also the assistant head coach, Mike Westoff, a special teams coaching legend. I just I just picture you get these guys together in the room, right? You're evaluating the roster as you get to free agency or as you're leading up to free agency. And what are you asking these coaches? What are you asking your scouting department? Well, you're asking them who's worth keeping around. And I I figure if if PJ Locke and he's saying Bassey were worth keeping around by the standards of somebody like Mike Westoff, uh, no disrespect to Ben Kotwika, but I think obviously Westoff has the he's kind of got the seniority there in terms of experience. But if those two guys are both signing off on these guys coming back, Cody, to me, I feel like this is a huge victory for the Broncos. Not to mention, I feel like both Locke and Bassey have really gotten better in terms of their ability to contribute defensively. So to me, I think this is a win-win all around. I mean, you just, you mentioned it, right? You always want to see players who are trending upward. Bassey's been trending upward despite him suffering a season-ending ACL injury his rookie year where he made the 53-man roster as an undrafted guy. I mean, I always want to go back to like, for Vic Fangio, as tough as he is, recognize something in Bassey, well, his value also increased on special teams because he had a couple of plays last year where he made it downfield and held pin the ball inside the five-yard line by securing it. I remember he even helped pin it on the one-yard line against the 49ers. Speaking of that 49ers game, P.J. Locke coming up big on defense to secure the Broncos' victory, punching the ball out of Jeff Wilson's hands. Kareem Jackson recovers. P.J. led the team in special teams tackles as well last season with 12 of them. His goal is to get 15. He's told me that, and I think that he'll get there as well. But I also want to highlight, you know, these two guys being core four guys, we hear that term a lot. It is important because they're playing every major special teams unit while also maybe contributing on the defensive side of the ball. That is huge. It can't be understated enough. Not to mention, PJ was playing personal protector, but injuries to guys like Mike Boone and even Bassey got hurt at one point in time. Forced him to move to Gunner, where he also excelled getting downfield and making plays in the open field against kick returners and punt returners. PJ's you know, well-deserved here, but let's talk about the defensive depth, right? You bring back another safety. We talk about, okay, you have Justin Simmons. Caden Stern's going to start this season. You have PJ Lock now 
coming back, who's huge in that room for them. I've talked to Christian Parker, you know, last season. He said, man, having these guys, it's great because PJ's an experienced guy now. He's a vet. He can help also mentor some of these younger guys like Delarian Turner Yell, who's also in that room. You look at cornerback. Bassey's going to provide depth there. He can play outside, but he really excelled, in my opinion, stepping up and filling in. I thought he did a pretty decent job when Kwan Williams missed some time there, coming up and making tackles against the run, defending passes in the slot. He had a couple passes defense there. Bassey's also good inside depth because that's a hard position to play. I love it. I, I honestly, the more you talked about them right there, Cody, the more I love these moves. I just think I'm thinking of the connection with Christian Parker. I'm thinking of the fact that, man, the, the special teams coaches wanted these guys back. I'm thinking of their ascent just in terms of PJ Locke playing the safety position, actually getting out on the field and being able to go out and make an impact in regular season games, which we finally saw this past couple of seasons. He's saying Bassey doing the same, especially after his torn ACL, right? You know, a couple of years ago and obviously that kind of knocked him back you see these guys coming back you see them improving you see them adding depth that helping like okay if something does happen like we've we've got a solution we've got somebody who can actually come in and play not to mention i think pj Locke. i think he may be gunning for a starting job right i don't think he's going to go down without a fight in terms of you know who who is that starting safety next to justin simmons and then schematically it kind of makes you wonder doesn't it we, we talk about Vance Joseph coming in and taking over and, and maybe bringing, you know, his specific scheme, but it kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? When you're talking about, Hey, are they going to kind of run a version of the Fangio defense? Like we know that that was something Sean Payton wanted to do, right? He, he, talked to Fangio before he was hired as a head coach. He then wanted to interview or did interview Sean Desai. That the the Fangio concept is kind of running rampant around the league right now. I it wouldn't surprise me. You bring a couple of these guys back who have been playing, you know, they played under Fangio, then they played obviously in Zero Evero's defense where he ran a version of the Fangio defense as well. So would it surprise Maybe we see Vance Joseph, although he has his own brand and own way of calling things. Maybe we see these guys and, and we see Vance running a, a bit of a version of Fangio's coverage schemes. I wouldn't be opposed to it as well. And I'd like to note that you made about PJ because remember last year at training camp day one, he had the best day out of everybody. I mean, he's picking off Russell Wilson. He's making plays on the ball, knocking, you know, passes down. He played, you know, I say quite a bit at the safety position at the beginning part of the season. But then, you know, Justin goes down and you have to change things up because you have Kareem and you have Caden now. So PJ was playing a little bit more in the dime role. Injuries kind of fluctuated that a little bit. But he also... He also dealt with a couple injuries himself. I remember he had a concussion against the Las Vegas Raiders in week four, so he had to miss some time there. But man, he's a guy who's just committed to the process. Can't wait to chat with him here once again. Glad he's going to be back in Denver. Broncos country, we want to know what you think down below. What are your thoughts on Bassey and P.J. Locke's return to the Broncos this upcoming season and their roles, not only on special teams, but the defensive side of the ball? That'll wrap up today's episode. Locked on Broncos. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcast so you can get the latest episode as soon as it's available we appreciate you so much taking time out of your day to listen or to watch us talk all things denver broncos if you're watching on youtube interact with other members of broncos country in the youtube comment section down below we'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode locked on broncos